0: What's up everyone, I'm Hiten Vyas of www.stutteringhub.com Welcome today, a big shout out goes to all the people who stammer or stutter across the world, if you're tuned into this show, welcome, you are listening to what is the 100th episode of the Stuttering is Cool podcast show, brought to you by the one and only daniele rossi first of all i would like to say a big thanks to daniele for inviting me to say a few words on his 100th show can i all can i ask all of you to keep on listening to Danielli's podcast show and continue to support the work that that this incredible person all the way from canada has done for this community
1: Oh, stop. You're embarrassing me. I'll keep going. Thank you, Hitten. This is, yes, this is the 100th episode of Stuttering is Cool. I can't believe I've made 100 episodes. I mean, to think back, well, on this day, yeah, in November 2007, when I first conceived of the idea of starting up Stuttering is Cool, I assumed i wouldn't reach past episode four but here i am and it's all thanks to you my listeners uh without you you know i mean i don't mean to use a cliche but without you the show is nothing so uh thank you thank you for keeping the show up and running the last three years have been a fun ride meeting a lot of people um Making new friends, and I have a lot of, uh, and I still have a lot more friends to make friends with. So if we haven't connected, please do send me an email, or better still, audio. Coolstutter at gmail dot com. Uh, record in any sound file that you're able to. I can, you know, I mean, I can convert it. So uh, don't worry about uh, sound files. Um, you know, the last three years, I've learned so much about stuttering and. It's just cool. It's just, you know, the whole namesake of the show. Uh, the name comes from um, uh, three years ago when I first ventured onto the Internet in stuttering form. I mean, I've been on the Internet since 94, 95. In any case, you know, I started... Uh, I, st- I, st- I, st- I started interacting with the stuttering community and i found um you know through forums and i found that a lot of people were very very negative about their stuttering you know and understandably however at the time i i discovered acceptance (laughs) of stuttering acceptance and it felt fantastic it felt great and it felt great to meet other stutterers However, I wanted to hear the other stutterers and speak to them. You know, in this day and age of Skype, you know, free phone calls, you know, if you can, you know, with the technology, free software, webcams that come with your computer or now with, with your cell phones. I mean, we're, not, we're no longer confined to, the, to our immediate geographical area to meet other stutterers. And we all know how difficult it can be to meet other people who stutter and and just just making the podcasts just was was is <laughs> was is a fun thing for me and hearing other stutterers meeting them chatting with them on twitter facebook on skype um you know going down to cleveland this past july Uh, to the NSA conference. That blew my mind. So I'm really looking forward to uh, future episodes and future meetings of new stutterers and old friends and all that. So I'm gushing, but thank you. Thank you. This episode is dedicated to you, my listeners, (laughs) my friends. I'm going to refer you as my friends. You're, You're my Listeners, but you're my friends. So whether we haven't connected yet, you know, you're still friends. We're friends whom we haven't met yet. So now I'm now I'm really getting into the cliché territory. So let's get on with episode 100. I wanted to make this episode special. So uh, I decided that I would have a theme and a very important theme that's, uh, that's uh, that I feel is very, very central uh, to stuttering. And that is something which has which had affected me a lot, especially during uh, post-secondary and actually during um, secondary school and actually throughout my school career <laughs> school career, uh, school life, and also post school life and that is stuttering's effect on self-esteem, self-confidence, and even self-worth.
2: I'm a stuttering.
3: Lord, I can't talk, talk, talk,
0: Going back to what I'm going to tell you today. I want to I want to say a few words to you about the C word. Now, if you're a person who stammers, you will know a lot about the C word. I am talking about confidence. Now, confidence can be a big issue for many people who stammer. Now, I want to share a small message with you. It is a very simple yet profound message. It's one of those messages, well, let me backtrack for a second. I'm beginning to realise, just from experience of life, that it seems that life is not really all that complex. Now, some of you may beg to disagree. There are times when I will also disagree with my own statement. But what I'm talking about It seems like there are some basic principles, okay, which have been around for probably thousands of years. Now, these principles were brought about by whoever to enable human beings to live life as happily and as easily as possible. Now, what happens is that we as humans can often forget some of these truths. Not even forget, if we've not even been told them, we might not even know. So what I want to tell you, what I want to talk to you about is, is that confidence, it's not something that is beyond you. If you are a person who stammers and if generally you, you believe yourself to be confident, you can do the things that you want to, fine, this is great. But if you are in a position where you are not feeling so confident in your lives, it's nothing to despair about because you can get over it and the way that you can do this is by learning to become confident. There you had it, the two key words. Confidence can be learnt. It's, it's, if, you, if you have a belief that there are certain people in your lives or around you who are confident and that you can't be I'm gonna tell you the truth here, it's completely false. Okay, confidence is one of those things that a human being throughout their lives there are. There can be times when a person is confident, there can be other times when they are not so. It depends, and it depends on situations. Okay, I might be confident in one particular area, say for instance, public speaking, which is something which I enjoy doing, whereas you might be confident in some other activity and if you were to put me into that that same situation where you were confident I might not have a clue as to what I'm doing but that is not to say that I can't learn it and the same goes for you. You can learn to be confident how do we do this? Again it's a very basic simple truth through experience okay we learn to become better and have more faith in our own abilities by doing and what we do is we do the activities that we want to do okay usually if there's if there's something that something that you want to do right and you know that it's going to be better for yourself if you if you do it there's normally two parts of you notice this sometimes just just do a little bit of Self-analysis and you will see that there is a part of you that wants to do it but yet there is a part of you which is resisting. Now it's that part of you which is resisting is what we want to first of all analyse and then slowly ignore. And we do this by just doing activities. Whatever you are finding hard to do, okay, that is the very thing that you need to do in order to build confidence whatever activity it is you might do it the first time you might not do it all that well of course it's the first time you are doing something but it doesn't mean you shouldn't give it a go in a way so, sometimes when i'm thinking about this and how to how to how to get this message across to you it is by almost thinking like a young child again okay a child his or her brain is wide open to all kinds of possibilities they don't have any children don't don't come into this world with with predefined judgments about whether I can do this or whether I can do that they just go with the flow and they just learn they just watch others listen to others see others and they learn so that is what I'm asking you to do pick one particular activity which you wanna do but you you don't want to because you're afraid you're afraid that you might stammer you might look stupid people might judge you whatever the activity it it, it is write it down okay but once you've written it down go out and actually do it do it with the actual knowledge that when you have done it you will come out stronger. You know there is another profound saying, I can't remember right now who came up with it, but it's but I think that it goes somewhere along the lines that what can't kill it, what can't kill us makes us stronger. Adopt a similar attitude if you can and get out there and do whatever it is you have to. Let's just give you a particular example. Um people who stammer. In general relationships is something that we care about but sometimes we can get anxious about. Say for instance you're a guy and there's a particular girl that you see every single day at the bus stop but you are afraid to go up and say hi. If it's taking that as, an, as a particular example next time you see that girl at the bus stop just walk up to her say hi and introduce yourself if you, if you have to stammer at, while you're doing it just do it with the knowledge that once you have done that activity you will, be comp- you will have increased your confidence and you will feel stronger and better afterwards alternatively if you're a girl and there's a, there's a particular guy that you like if you normally avoid eye contact say for instance just next time you see this guy just try and look him in the eye for a few seconds if you can and smile and hopefully if he's got the message and if he has got some confidence himself and he likes you in return he will know what he has to do so guys that is my message to you today which is that confidence can be learnt it is a myth that you cannot be confident if you have to, tell yourself this 10 times until you believe it. Once again, I would like to thank Danieli Rossi for giving me this opportunity for talking on his 100th show. I'm going to leave you now to carry on and listen to his great show. Once again, thank you for listening. And If you want to follow me, you can check out my blog www.stutteringhub.com I try and post once a day if I can't, if I can, and if I can't due to work or if I get busy. Rest assured, my next post is not that far away. Okay, peace, and I'm out of here. Cheers.
4: My name is Sarah Bryant. And some 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 things about how stuttering has affected my self-esteem. Uh, I can think of think about, especially in college. I definitely would not ask questions in class because I knew if I did, I would I would really really sh- struggle with having to ask a question, and I didn't want to go through that struggle just to ask the question in class when I knew that I could still get the answer that I was looking for, either by going to the professor before class or going to his office sometime during the day. Also, I didn't talk that much. I mean, even with my friends, I don't feel like I necessarily talked as much as I would have liked because, you know, I felt guilty because I I can really sh- struggle sometimes and I felt guilty with them having to hear hear me even if... You know, I know they know I stutter, and I know that they don't care. I still care about it. So that's how it affected me in college.
5: My name is Tom Wadig. I'm from Luxembourg. For a few years now I have the internet blog called The Stuttering Brain. Where I'm trying to critically review uh, 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 science, the science of treatment, and the controversies uh, in stuttering. Well, I would really divide divided up into um, the social world and the intellectual world. In, in terms of intellectual self-esteem, I always had a very high self-esteem of myself. Yeah, I always thought that I was probably more intelligent than most other people. That I um, understood things quite quickly and that from that point of view I never had any any doubts about my my capabilities and potentials. On the social side uh, it's very clear that um, as a teenager I was quite embarrassed about stuttering. I also felt that I was not as cool as the others, I was not really like uh, shaping the social dynamics of a group <laughs> and so yeah from that perspective I think that I definitely felt um, like a low social self-esteem in a sense yeah couldn't really express myself uh, how I wanted to and there I, I felt a bit um, yeah less than the other people. At the uh, last years of high school I had a very strong urge to prove myself intellectually, so uh, I was reading quite a lot of books about physics, about philosophy also and I really wanted to go at university and try to understand the world in a sense and so um, that was driving me. I I was still feeling socially like incompetent in a sense that I I had to organize uh, my living, I had to talk to different people and so on, while I, I, outside my country, but, but I, but, but my desire to, to understand the world intellectually was just so much stronger. And then I think over the years, I, I developed more social confidence. So, so uh, I'm among people who stutter. I think they are, I feel quite uh, confident. Also socially, but when I'm with people who are very fluent, but there I'm less confident. So um, I think it was just a gradual process, really.
6: Um, So my topic is um, how does stuttering cause low self esteem? Um, Because Dan had come up with the topic. uh, for his podcast, for his 100th episode. So I thought I would write something about it, about myself and stuttering and self-esteem. So, um, I'm gonna read from the page, I hope that's okay. Um, I'm really nervous. (laughs) Um, Since I can remember, I was always the shy girl who was an active Mm -hmm. listener and observed the situations going on in the room. I come from a very bo- boisterous family who are loud, opinionated, and if you want to get your words in edgewise, you must talk really fast and confidently state your uh, argument. To this day, I sit in the, the room at family get-togethers as my aunts, uncles, and siblings rant and rave. Uh, don't say much. <laughs> Um, Recently I have even caught myself become fearful at the idea that I will be put on the spot to explain my new job offers, Um, like what's the school called and ask me what I'll be doing and stuff like that. That makes me really fearful because they're all going to stare at me and you all know. Um, I have always had this lingering fear and it always comes down to low self-esteem and an unconfidence that i have been avoiding since i started stuttering stuttering is a very unpredictable thing as w- one minute i am as fluent as can be and th- the next i can't, i cannot get out that particular word i want to say so i become tense anxious and you all know the rest um this unpredictability pre- and L- l- loss of control of such a simple task, such as speaking, which comes very natural and smooth to most, is what compromises our, is what compromises our uh, p- p- ability to think of ourselves as competent and confident beings. To give you an example, I once did a pr- pr- presentation in school that was so terrible, I hardly got any words out started pointing at the PowerPoint (laughs) that I had prepared for like hours and just was scared out of my mind. So I just sat down. I waited for the other presentations to be over and cried the whole way home on the subway. Um, When something like this happens to a person who stutters, even though no one laughed at me or gave me a crazy look, it leaves a stamp in their mind, and anytime you hear the word presentation or speech, you tend to avoid, 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 as who would put themselves through such pain ever again. Other than fear, shame is another emotion that is always with me. I feel shame when I cannot get a word out, especially my own name. I feel shame w- when I cannot answer my own phone, and I definitely feel shame when I avoid situations or r- refuse to participate due to my stuttering. When feeling fear, shame, and anxiety, how can our self-esteem soar and allow us to reach the potential we all know we have? It's impossible. The only way that we can reach that potential is to change the relationship we have with our stuttering and the emotions that are attached to it. By removing the powerful hold our emotions have on our stuttering moments, so we can experience it in a calmer way. We will be able to begin the process of accepting our stuttering. By being able to accept our stutter, or like I said earlier, alter the experience we have, with our stuttering, our self-esteem will begin to grow. I have felt that I have gotten a lot calmer in my stuttering ways sometimes, since I have joined the Toronto Stutters Meetup Group, gone to the NSA conference in, Cleveland and join the Toastmasters. My self esteem has gone from I will never amount to anything to maybe there is a possibility that my stuttering will allow me to go further and accomplish more than I ever thought I could. That's it.
7: (laughs) My name is uh, Robert R. Best, and I think stuttering has a huge impact on your self esteem. I mean, especially when you're a child one of the most fundamental things we do as um human beings is um speak um that's how we communicate with each other and as a child to feel like you're continually failing at this fundamental thing that the vast majority of people can do with little to no trouble um is uh mortifying and uh, you feel like there's something deeply wrong with you that you can't do this thing that everyone else can. And of course there's also the fact that to most of the outside world, especially the kids who haven't necessarily learned yet to have more, um, empathy to really young kids. Stuttering is hilarious because, you know, why is this kid talking like that? So there's a lot of, um, mocking that goes on. Um, and you just kind of internalize all that this idea that, that there's something fundamentally wrong with you because you can't speak properly and it takes a long time to overcome that I really didn't I mean into adulthood I didn't have as much of an issue with that but I think the way I quote-unquote dealt with it I wasn't really dealing with it I was angry at my stutter and was doing everything I could to work around it and to avoid it Um, and actually when I first decided to embrace my stuttering through listening to this show and stutter talk and various other stuttering related uh, podcasts um, at first I had to deal with a whole lot of anger that just was unleashed when I started looking at my stutter more Directly, So I still had a lot of these low self-esteem things. I just kind of internalized it as anger, I guess. Um, over the last year and a half, I've dealt with a lot of that. It's not as bad as it was, and I'm a lot more confident now about my ability to speak in general. Although each individual mom- moment of stuttering still embarrasses me. It's a briefer now. I don't hold on to it the way I used to. And I think that's an important thing. If people can start to do that, it doesn't infect your life as much. Throughout my childhood, and to a certain extent, this is true. My family have never been big um, joiners, I guess is the word. We've always been kind of loners. But my family always kind of have this meme about me as a kid that I didn't need to have a lot of friends or I was just um, not even shy I just kind of didn't need to have that much um, uh, friendship but really a lot of that was because I was just terrified to talk so I would interact with my fellow kids as little as I possibly could because speaking was the big thing to be feared and so that kind of put me into this position where everyone assumed I wanted to be alone. And that wasn't necessarily true all the time. So I think that can have a big impact on how you view yourself and your self esteem as a kid, also.
8: They say I'm the no man.
9: they have
10: So you want me to say. Hi, my name is David Friedman, and I'm the inventor of the stutter Teeny. Exactly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think it'd be easy to say it if I asked you if that's the right way to say it first. That's no, the it. smart way. I think for me, when I really have been reflecting back on my past, um, specifically from my childhood, uh, I think that stuttering itself I don't believe I had any sort of negative reme- negative meaning or negative reaction to stuttering until people started to point it out to me and when they pointed it out to me they pointed it out in such a way that it seemed to they seemed to place a little bit of negativity so that, when they were reacting to my stuttering i got the sense that there's something not good or not right about this and because of that I think for me it it led to a feeling that there's something wrong with me and then that feeling of being something wrong with me kind of led to me not feeling like I was fitting in too much and so as this feeling of not fitting in progressed I think that for me the feeling of low self-esteem and low self-confidence is really caused for me because of that feeling of not fitting in I think that if I had felt like I fit in and I belong to a community of people I think that my self-esteem and confidence would have been higher but because from a very early age I said I'm different there's this part of me that's not good that's not right you know I'm not like everybody else then I started developing a lot of anxiety and for me that 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 anxiety really fed into the low self-esteem and the low self-confidence and uh, it was really just because I didn't feel like I fit in um, with the rest of the crowd and uh, as I've gotten older um, my this continued and anxiety of stuttering and thinking, well, this isn't right. There's something not right about me. I think that that continued to feed into my low self-confidence and my low self-esteem as I got older. But since joining the NSA community and starting to kind of peel away the layers of negative meaning that I attached to this idea of stuttering and starting to feel... Like I fit in with a community of people, and being able to advertise and just say, "Hey, I stutter. This is me. This is who I am." Then all of a sudden, my my self confidence has come back simply because I have found that even people that are fluent, you know, they don't even care if I do stutter. Um, and the fact that I do stutter actually makes me much more approachable to them because now they think, "Oh, well, he's not perfect." and neither am I, and so now they've, on, they've I think that actually people that stutter have, have a secret weapon in a lot of ways because most people out there are scared, they're trying to be something that they're not, they're trying to put on this air of perfection, and when you stutter, you're really telling the world, hey, I'm not perfect either, but I'm okay with the fact that I'm not perfect. And I think that that actually has people embrace you more. And so I, That kind of sums it up in terms of how I've really felt in the last year or two, my self-confidence and my self-esteem going up, just being able to advertise and say, hey, you know what? I stutter, I block, sometimes I make funny faces, sometimes I have good days, sometimes I have bad days. But, but either way, you know, this is who I am and that, that self-acceptance and really accepting yourself exactly as you are, um, I think is attractive to other people even if that means you're not perfect, and you're not eloquent.
3: Hi, Daniel. Happy 100th episode. I have enjoyed your podcast very much. And about about the topic of stuttering and self-image, I do think that we are very affected by our... Especially how they perceive us as we are stuttering. Um, If they are supportive, if they are looking at us, if they are looking away from us. And I really think that people underestimate how much we are affected by body language. People might say that they're not uncomfortable but they look to be so that is a big factor, um, and I would w- want to know what other people th- think about this. Okay, th- uh, th- thank you for the opportunity to talk. Okay, see ya. Bye bye.
11: Basically, I, I would say because I'm I'm forty, right? Um, um, probably about yeah. I would say late thirties. Uh, I would say that you know I, I used to care what people thought of me, and you know when I'd meet people and whether I made a good impression. But you know late thirties, I didn't give anymore. I, I couldn't care if they liked me or not. <laughs> And I think that helped helped my stuttering because I was no longer conscious of it. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if I meet someone and they think I'm a, I'm a piece of well, I don't care. I just walk away. And I think that's helped me a lot because I just don't care. I tend to gravitate towards people that are, are worth something. And um, and I tend to fill my life up with friends that, that I have, have worth in them anyway. If they have no worth, I just give them become acquaintance, I just meet them and say hello, but I don't think about them anymore as opposed to a friend, a close friend, I really, you know, I, I'll care for them a lot more and and try and maintain them, their friendship, whereas, you know, so, but I've met a lot of people that are very shallow and I just don't care, I couldn't care if they liked me or not, and I, and, and I wouldn't even care, I mean, I, you know, I'd walk away and I wouldn't even care if they thought about me. I think that's very important for self-worth as a member. But I think you know we, we grew go up hoping to belong to a group, and and that's what I noticed too at the 2003 um, conference. Was you know those guys are up there talking about their stutter, and they're 35 or something, and they said, well, you know, I sort of just get on with my life now, and I don't care about you know things so much anymore, and I know where I'm going, kind of thing, and I, I think you know in your life you can you know things tend to fall into place around that age bracket anyway because you've done your school, you've done your uni or trade, whatever you've done in your twenties. For some people it might be like earlier, some people might be later, but this tend you know like you know, each decade has its own thing that has to be done.
12: Hi, this is Rob, also known as Box of Clocks. I think I might have posted on the um or left comments, I should say, text based comments on the site before in the past. Um, one of the things that can be um, coming up with them stuttering when it comes to low self-esteem is that it can be awkward and difficult meeting new people and probably more so than people that don't stutter. Um, in particular on dates I find it can be a bit um, difficult. Obviously when to make a good impression on a date there's a lot of stress involved even taking stuttering out of the equation let alone when you can bring 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 that into it. so. Um, I mean, obviously, you've got to think of things to say, you've got to um, try and make a good impression on them, so I and mean, to make sure that you're looking your best for me, just a physical standpoint. Um, so, um, the last thing you want is to be worrying about stuttering, so um, yeah, I find that pretty difficult. Um, and there's also that sort of area of, do you disclose it or do you try and just hide it and hope it doesn't really come in, come up that much and that the she doesn't notice or he doesn't notice if you're a female. Um, I generally usually tell them at the start of the date um it can be a bit awkward sometimes but I usually just try and get it out there, try and put it out there from the start really. Um, but Recently actually when I've been going on the last few dates I've been I haven't actually been doing that and um, I've been kind of just leaving it and then seeing how I go and if I find that I'm struggling quite badly then I'll bring it up or if I have a bad block maybe she'll ask me what's going on and then I'll like, explain it but um, generally I do try and say it at the start of the date but... Um, it's always a bit difficult to know whether that's the right way or not but that's generally how I do it. Um, it's a great show Danny thanks for keeping it going for so long um, enjoy listening to it and keep up the good work. Thanks, bye.
13: My name is Jan Peel. I would say uh, that uh, it really hasn't had a tremendous impact on my life. Uh, when I stuttered severely I knew I knew that people responded towards me in a particular way, uh, but I un- but I understood that's just the way it was. And once I achieved uh, control over my stuttering, I I just realized that uh, now I could speak like everybody else pretty well most of the time. I had to work on it a lot, uh, and I could go about my business. Uh, but all through this time, I've always had a, a feeling of of confidence in my own way of seeing the world, and uh, that's the way it was when I stuttered severely, and that's the way it is now.
9: Uh, okay, my name is Tamara Williams, and I live in in Maryland. Um, I just want to say uh, 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 congratulations on your 100 episode podcast. Oh, thanks. Uh, I think that's pretty cool that you kept it up, and I always listen. Uh, it's very fun, and you're the first po- uh, podcast that I've ever listened to on like a on like a stuttering podcast. Oh wow. uh, cool! To say that this year has mm-hmm. been a good year for my for my self-esteem about my stuttering um, because I started going to the National Stuttering Association meetings, um, and I went to the to the annual conference, uh, and I met you, Danny, and I met 500 other people who stuttered, and that was really amazing, and that really gave me... Um, Good self-esteem to know that you know people who stutter, they are very successful too, and they have lives and they have you know their homes and and it was just good to see that you can succeed even though you stuttered. That's um, you can't let um, that hinder you from anything in your life and. And, you know, this year has just been a good year for me and myself scheme, and it's just, and I just want to keep it up. <laughs> <laughs> great, 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 thanks.
2: Hi, this is Brendan O'Carroll. I started Starmer when I was about six, and it kind of went from there. It wasn't really an issue in my life till I was about 12 or 13. When a teacher I had at school kind of singled me out for it was different treatments than to everyone else and I suppose from then on in it became an issue and it really helped, held me back throughout my life really kind of limited my education opportunities I kind of didn 't really go to college didn't didn 't see myself in university, so I went straight into work after school and kind of, I had a full-time job then from about the age of 17 and really narrowed my self-image of myself as a person and as a speaker. And I've only ever saw myself stammering. I never saw any of the good qualities that I had within myself. Every time I spoke, I only ever saw myself having trouble with my speech. And my self-esteem was kind of pretty non-existent in a very, very small circle of friends. I suppose I'd have cast myself, sometimes maybe even a Billy no the kind and had a very limited circle of friends, probably only one or two friends that I wouldn't really be very free with and I wouldn't speak to any strangers with that, but I once remember a time where I went five days without uttering a word to a single person, I'll never forget that, just didn't utter a single word to a single person. It's hard to uh, choose them on. i never, never forget it. And I suppose speaking and everyday life, a lot of it has to do with self-confidence. And, you know, if you can't be confident with your speech, then that kind of has a detrimental effect on everything else in your life.
14: When I walk down the street not I tip my head to speak, I can't say a
9: thing. And that's when I start to sing.
15: Cause I'm a... Hi, I'm Dick... And Hulock. And... He most... The most difficult part of stuttering for me is whenever I'm meeting a new person and I walk up to them and us, as I was actually I was doing right then and am doing now, is stuttering, and I I, I can immediately. And I can immediately see that look on their face <orbidities> of just confusion and laughter. L- <coughs> and sometimes the person actually imitates my stuttering act. in me there. And it just tears away at your cook confidence time and time and there. So so the thing I try to do to overcome that and to feel even better about that and to gain some cook confidence back for on that is actually to just walk, walk, walk up to
6: people
15: and as I'm introduced myself to me my in that eye contact and to who just oh people the that I'm okay with my stuttering and the uh uh Nothing to be sh, sh, aimed of, and Usually, people tend to be a lot, a lot more accepting if you just have that confidence of about you.
16: My name is a uh, Krishna Srinivasan. And I'm happy to be on the 100th episode of Stuttering is Cool. A lot of people uh, assume that uh, that stuttering is caused uh, due to low self-esteem or to low self-confidence. Uh, but I'd like to let people know that it is, in fact, quite the opposite. That uh, people who stutter... <laughs> tend to have a problem with uh, with with a low self-confidence because they stutter um in my experience uh whenever i have uh, uh whenever i have stuttered in front of a group of new people or a s- perhaps stuttered while in a meeting, it has always definitely impacted my uh, self confidence and self esteem in a negative way because I uh, come out of the meeting or come out of come out of the of the encounter with uh, with uh, wondering just what do these people uh, think of me now and i find that because i uh because i have this uh e- issue with uh with uh, with low self esteem it also e- impacts my ability to make new f- make new f- friends and make new acquaintances because i tend to not put myself out in front of people as much uh because of because of my, of my fear of stuttering. Although, um, although stuttering, stuttering has definitely uh, uh, caused me to have, uh, caused me to have a uh, low self-confidence at times. I think it has also, uh, uh, it, it has also had a positive impact on me uh, uh when 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 after uh, a, a particularly bad period of stuttering i feel like this is something that i definitely uh cannot let cannot let hold me back and i must achieve my my life goals uh e- respective of my uh, stuttering. So I think it has both a positive as well as a negative impact on me personally.
14: Without a doubt, stuttering has had a major grip on me and my life for most of my life. But it really... I don't think has really been the stuttering I think it's been more the fear of stuttering the fear of being exposed as weak as vul, 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 vulnerable um, and not measuring up to the standards that society e- e- e expects of the norm I really think that how stuttering affected me was that I allowed it to limit my potential. There were so many things that I didn't do growing up as a young adult, um, as a working adult, that I chose consciously to not do because I thought that I couldn't because of stu- stu- stuttering, or I thought that would not be accepted by ma- mainstream world because of stuttering. For me, I think it's been that I did not allow myself to realize my full potential and did not allow my, 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 my myself to try things that i was more than capable of because i thought that the stuttering would make it not meaningful whatever it 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 was examples you know not speaking up in class not so so socializing with other people not making friends easily um, in the work environment, not vol- vo- vo- volunteering or taking initiative, even though my insides were screaming, "I want to do that! I can do 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 that!" You know, I I I think that it's all tied together by you know consciously limiting what we'll allow ourselves to do because of that fear factor that that we have, that we're going to be so exposed and vulnerable that we'll automatically be negatively judged, I think, of course, that has an impact on how we see ourselves, how we care for ourselves, how we like ourselves as people who stutter. I'm happy to say, finally, in my 40s, that stuttering doesn't have that type of grip on, 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 on me that it did. Um, I have more con, 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 control over me and my life and the decisions that I make instead of it being the other way around stu, stu, stuttering or the fear of stuttering making those decisions. Has it completely changed course for me like that? Of course not. There are times where I still feel like, damn, stuttering one out today. Um, But most of the time, I allow myself to go for the opportunities that um, I know that I'm more than capable of. Um, Thomas Edison once said that if we do everything that we're capable of, will astound ourselves. And I do that from time to time. I astound myself with things that I never thought I could do. And that certainly goes really far in making me feel feel, feel, feel better about myself and who I am and, and and how I present myself to the world. I
17: never thought that uh, I will really be able to look stuttering as something positive after all the pains I suffered during my childhood and later days due to being a stutterer now I am finally seeing all the beauty that it has added to my life stuttering is a huge emotional pain and you can only beat that pain by becoming a better a more complete person who can beat any kind of pain life throws at you. We don't realize this but stuttering is a gift to us. Once you start achieving your speaking goals, you will realize that you are becoming a totally different person. Today I am at a point that I strongly believe that my stuttering was a gift to me. If it wasn't for my stuttering, I would not have be- I would not have become the person I am today. It is only when you pursue that you become swift. In achieving my speaking goals in life, I had to improve myself in various areas, I had to acquire new skills, I had to learn more, I had to look broader, I had to change, I had to study subjects which will serve me in life, and I had to shape and strengthen my belief system and my mentality to approach my speech and life in general. If it wasn't for my stuttering, I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't be the person I am today. I wouldn't have even bothered to improve myself and become a better person. And this is true not only for stuttering but for any emotional pain and challenge you experience in life. I sometimes think to myself, do I have any other problems than being a stutterer and I usually cannot find anything. And if this is a price I have to pay in order to get happiness, intelligence, and sophistication, I think I am getting a good deal in this life. We have to appreciate who we are and be thankful for other things that we have. And the best thing I like about stuttering is when you achieve something. You can say, although I was a stutterer, I did this. Who else have the chance to feel as if they conquered a continent? When they can ask the time friendly, we are all we are all born with a set of cards to play with. Some of us have very good cards, and some of us get not so good cards. But the good news is we are all given several opportunities to put some back and draw others from the deck, and who knows, someday we might end up with a royal flush and win the game, the call life.
8: Uh, hi, yeah uh, My name is Stephen. I'm 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 from Ireland. Um, I'm going to talk about something that um, that gave me a confidence boost there about uh, three or four weeks ago. Um, I had no bus ticket at me, and um, I I was just so really nervous of um ha- having to pay the bus fare uh, with cash instead instead of what I usually pay by the ticket that I just had uh, uh, scan on the bus and uh, and uh, and then then I'm on the bus and that's it. There's not speaking to the driver or or anyone else so that uh, it uh, suits me fine. This particular day, my bus ticket was was it was in the car and my wife took the car to work, so just immediately I just I just went into the uh, panic mode. I was like, oh god, oh no, I have to. I'm going to to speak to the bus driver. I'm going to have to say how much in the town. So the first thing I did was well, I uh, looked on the the, uh, the uh, bus's website to see how much the uh, fare is in the town. Um, it was I think it was uh, two euro and twenty cent. So I was practicing in my head uh, on the way to the bus stop. Uh, when the bus came, I just I just went blank. I I'd had to uh, substitute the words instead of saying two twenty, I'd say uh, how much in the town through the whole sentence. And the, the bus was, was full downstairs and I was just this was just embarrassed and so I took my ticket and I went upstairs and that was that. So then for the whole day I was thinking, oh no, i have to go home now and I'm gonna have to pay money onto the bus again and say two twenty or how or but I couldn't I couldn't say how much two because I was going practically to to the last stop. Um so I just, I just, I just wanted to, like, I, I wanted as well to, to, uh, confirm conf- my fears and say, something I was really afraid to say. So I got on the bus, and I said, 220 please," and and that was it. There was no, there was no embarrassment. There was no, there was, there was, there was, no, there was nothing at all. There was no, no embarrassment at all. I, I felt great. I got confident. And I went upstairs again, and uh, that was it. And I, I felt good, and I had to just do a tweet about that, just to, to share my experience and just just a Now that I was I was I was happy that I stepped in a comfort zone and I walked through a uh, through a feared ward. So that's my story of of. Doing a brave thing and feeling
18: confident. Hello, my name is Grant Meredith, and I'm a lecturer with the Graduate School of Information Technology and Mathematical Sciences at the University of B- Ballarat in the state of Victoria, Australia. I have a pretty funky stutter at times with long blocks and sometimes quite severe facial grimacing also. You'd almost say a stutter to be truly proud of. A very refined stutter indeed. I've had to I have had I have had and continue to struggle with my speech in my comfort zones all the time. These comfort zones range from personal interactions to shopping and to presenting in front of the crowd, of which I try to to constantly work on. I lecture normally with a very severe stutter and, as I mentioned, a very marked stutter, and to classes ranging from anywhere from 10 students up to close to 100. I tend to think sometimes that the audience is in a sense listening to, to me talk in a kind of a foreign language. That is, that they have to normally listen carefully and try to piece together at times what I'm actually trying to say. In a sense, trying to de- de- decipher it. I, of course, have fashioned my lecturing to factor in my stuttering. Despite you know these problems associated with my stuttering, um, I produce very successful and very satisfied students. I continue to move forward, and at times... I do get uh, I'm a um, a praised for the right reasons. What I mean by that is I'm praised not for the fact that I'm a person who stutters standing up on stage and public speaking, but I'm praised because I am lecturing in a very uh, uh, um, um effective manner. People at first may be a little bit uncomfortable with my stuttering and may react in certain ways but normally that's only for a, a very short space of time and after that they normally look past the stuttering and they start to look at, look at the real self and to hear what what is really you being said they may of course react first with some odd looks and perhaps a um, chuckle chuckle or two but they are normal human Reactions which are not aimed at at me, they're aimed at the stuttering or what they first first um actually notice. I don't take any of that to heart because really it's all about understanding what is going on and what they're actually rea- re- reacting to. Um. So I guess from my message, I'm just hoping that all um, that um, the people who stutter out there do occasionally take take a um chance and they try to expand their comfort zones somewhat. Because to be honest, the um general public are uh very very understanding, and it's not not as bad as as um you think.
19: See, the best part of the show is the part that people never.
1: Here. I know the director's commentary the, let's see well that or might the, or make, the DVD extra
19: extras. yes see that might make it into <laughs> podcasting extras right all the really <laughs> funny stuff that you're not allowed to hear
1: <laughs> like uh, like you know all those times that I edit out my stuttering in my previous podcast really yeah you uh, did not know about my previous podcast. I in two thousand and six, actually, I started podcasting. Oh, oh, that's,
19: um, right, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my podcast,
1: the podcast uh, 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 ones. Yeah, yeah. like, uh, like, uh, like. This was before I even knew about acceptance and all that, so I because kept editing was... everything out, and then, uh, like, I would waste a whole day doing that, and then I went to my first podcast. No, well, my second podcast oh my convention, God. but I was all by myself. When I went, I it was my first time driving three hours by myself and all that. Long st- How long- old
19: were you when you drove a whopping three hours all by yourself?
1: Uh, you can start by saying your name. But that's no fun.
19: Okay, fine. <laughs> Hello, everyone. This is – I am Greg Snyder. I'm a professor of speech pathology at an American university, and I have the best job in the world. But when I was a kid, I really didn't know what I was going to do – with myself for my life because I didn't believe that I could communicate. And, you know, I was more severe as a kid than I am right now, but uh, I honestly didn't know what I was going to do. And one of the most life-changing things that I had as a young child was when my dad paid to have our driveway paved. And like four or five people came to pave the driveway and like three of them guttered. And the only one that didn't stutter was the guy in charge, so wow. I thought, yeah, I know, and I was like, "This is awesome. I'm going to be a, a concrete paper guy when I get older. Nothing wrong with that, just not really what I saw myself doing so anyway, I um, stuttered my way through college until I finally got so upset at myself and at everything in general that I decided to read every single article from. 1980 to then 1992 about stuttering and i went to speech path graduate school went to the ph thing and the first semester of my phd they said hey good you're gonna teach a class and i was like what and they said yeah you're gonna teach a class and i was like okay because i had no choice because when they say you're going to do stuff you have to so Anyway, I taught the introduction to speech pathology class, and I was so paranoid that my speech was going to get in the way and that students were going to fail because they couldn't understand me. that I hyper prepared. We're talking PowerPoint straight from the book, and I would read straight from the PowerPoint and all that stuff. And little did I understand is that students did not care. It took them about two to three classes to adjust to the fact that they have a stuttering profession. And after that, they stopped caring. So after I got more confident in my own teaching and my own ability to communicate, I relied on PowerPoints less and less, and now I don't use them at all. I just, actually, I don't prepare at all. That's my own little secret. I go to class and I just talk and something else that I've realized over all my time of teaching is that my overt stuttering severity has nothing to do with course quality some days I talk very full fluidly and I have a crappy class and some days I can hardly get a sound out without forcing it out and my students say that it's one of the best classes that they've ever had so take-home point being overt frequency and quality of communication are not related and now I I get really good teaching of vowels and I'm a popular guy on campus I don't know
1: Everyone, for your fantastic audio submissions of on your perspectives of stuttering's effect on self-confidence, self-esteem, uh, self-image. I really do appreciate you taking the time to share uh, your personal feelings on the subject. And to, for those of you who would like to chime in, please, please do send in audio or in text form uh, in. And if you do send audio in any format um, to coolstutter at gmail.com, and I'll play it on the next episode. And speaking of the next episode, that's when I will share my uh, thoughts on stuttering's effect on our self image, esteem, or the confidence, etc. <laughs> Thanks for staying subscribed. And if you're not subscribed, please do subscribe. (laughs) And if you're subscribed in iTunes, please consider writing a review of my podcast. So until then, stay confident. Ciao.